0: We are the table, and we are so glad you are taking time from your busy schedule to listen to this message. It is our hope that during the course of this message, you are inspired to move forward in life and faith. We welcome you, and thank you again again for joining us. Can fertilize them and make them grow. So today, as I stand before your people, I stand here with an expectation that your spirit is already on the move but an expectation that you are already doing a good thing. That you are already answering prayer. That you are already lightening the loads of your people. That you are already encouraging and uplifting. That you are already correcting and, and ordering steps. That you are already doing what you said you would do. And for that, we give you glory. And for that, we put our hands together and give you glory. We scream the name of Jesus. We say hallelujah, we say praise God, we lift our hands to the heavens, we keep our eyes on the hills from which cometh our help. Lord, you are mighty and you are to be exalted. And today we come together to do just that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You are God and you are God alone. And for that we love you, we honor you, and we praise you this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, let us all say amen. Praise God, and amen again. You may be seated. Bless the Lord, everybody. Bless the Lord, everybody. On our time of worship, God bless you. Thank you to our worship team. Y'all did a switcheroo on me. I looked over. I thought David would be on the drums. Will was on the drums and not on the guitar. David wasn't on the drums, but he was on the keys. And Todd, you just in the same spot. I'm up next. I'm going to work on it. Send me the songs ahead of time and pray. And pray. Bless the Lord. How are y'all today? Man, y'all look good. I see some familiar faces. I see some new faces. God bless you. Oh, my goodness. I see some. Welcome back. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Look, y'all trying to figure out who I'm talking to. None of your business. Nah, I'm just playing. God bless you. Good to see you all. You guys doing okay today? God is good. God is so good. I just want, in case you missed it, our first song, he picked me up, turned me around, placed my feet on solid ground. How many of you could attest to that? Hey, Amen. The second song, he can do all things. All things but fail. He never lost a battle. And that second verse says, anything is possible with the power of the Holy Ghost. Man, I feel that. Anybody know that? Anybody know that? Put your hands together. Go ahead. That's okay. Somebody needs to be set free and delivered today. So here it is. Your left hand is not allergic to your right hand. Somebody here needs to understand that today. I don't know what the mood is. I don't know what you're thinking about. I don't know what you hold on to. But I had to tell somebody today just to have that reminder, your left is not allergic to your right. So it's okay if you put them together, amen? All right. All right. I don't want you to have a long mud face when we are about to talk about Jesus. That's something that's exciting, at least it's exciting to me. If it ain't to you, sorry. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. I want to talk to you today. We're going to go right into the scripture. I got one verse for you. One verse. The Lord is really, man, the Lord, I love when the Lord, when you can feel the presence of the Lord on you. But sometimes he just won't let certain things go. And then I have to ask myself, is it me? He says, yeah, because I think I got it all out, and I think I get it. And, and this, this past Thursday night, I heard a preacher say something that was just, I knew he was talking to me, even if he didn't know he was talking to me. But he used this example. He basically said, he, he said, uh, I forget who, who he was talking about specifically, but he gave an example that some, some preacher from the early 1800s said that they were actually saved their own message. And I was like, what? But it got me to thinking, because as a preacher, you do so much preparing and planning for everyone else. As a man and woman of God, you do so much living for everyone else. And sometimes you forget that some of what the Lord may be putting in your spirit is right back at you. And he has a way of encouraging you through your own study. I know I've been through that. I'm looking in the Word of God for somebody else because they got problems. (laughs) And the more that I read about somebody else and their problems, I realize I needed to hear that too. And and we don't have a we, we I remember I remember my my pastor growing up used to say that you heard this term before you preach into the choir. I had to laugh at myself because when I said I was preaching to the choir. So 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 what I want you to understand today is what I'm preaching to you is for you and it is for me. It is for us because, because the Lord was, has just been working on me with something, and I've just been like, man, I think we get it. I think we get it. I think we get it. And he said, no, tell him one more thing. So today that's what I want to share to you. So our scripture today comes from Colossians, the third chapter. One verse, verse number five. Colossians chapter three, verse number five. And it reads, put to death. Somebody said that with me. Put to death. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immortality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Put to death. Today I want to preach to you on the topic, vices and virtues. Vices and virtues. How many of you follow our Facebook page? How many of you on Facebook follow our Facebook page? A couple weeks ago, uh, during one of our services, um, I I, I took the audio from before my sermon. Now, we have a podcast. We've been posting audio. We've been live streaming recently and all that. But as I was listening back to the podcast, the beginning, before I even started my message, we had a time of prayer. And it was right after the song, I Just Love to Speak the Name of Jesus. You all remember that song? You know that song? Yes? No? (laughs) I just want to speak the name of Jesus. And the funny thing is, I kind of knew y'all wasn't going to remember. That's why I wanted to quote some of the lyrics for you. But during that time, I said some things. I was listening to, to what I was saying in, 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 the, in the audio, and, and some of the lyrics go, "I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind, because I know there is peace within your presence." There's another part that says, "I just want to speak the name of Jesus till every dark addiction starts to break, declaring that there is hope and there is freedom." The bridge goes, "Cause your name is power, your name is healing." Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. It's a, it's a really, 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 I love the song. I love the words to the song. But in the audio, the one that I posted of just that part, I said it would not be called a stronghold if it were easy to break. It, it can't be called a stronghold if it was easy to break. And over the last couple of weeks, that stuck with me. And still to this day, people are posting it and sharing it. It's just a, a couple of minutes of our just prayer time and kind of our our times we're preparing for the service. And in it, you can hear some of you in the background amanning, clapping, agreeing. Somebody said, preach, preacher. I'm just playing. Y'all ain't say that. But in the video, I can hear all of this agreement. And the thing that that really just kind of has been bugging me about this, though, is because even though we know we should do a thing, even though we know if if we would do a thing, even though we know if we just could do it, we still don't. And we don't always understand why. So as many of us that can say, when I have an issue, when I have a problem, when I have a challenge, I do have to just speak the name of Jesus, the reality of it is, even though we know do that, and and we know we're supposed to do that, the question I have is, do we really do it? Do you really understand why you should? Is it because I said it? Is it because it sounds good? Is it because in the depths of your soul you know that... Uh, you believe in God and God had a son, Jesus Christ, and you know that anything is possible through the power of the Holy Ghost. So, yeah, by common reasoning and deduction, I should speak the name of Jesus. And I was really convicted in this thought. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, tell them why. And then I heard him say, you need to never forget why you speak the name of Jesus. And the thing I heard so very clearly is that the name of Jesus has power over the things that currently have power over you. You speak the name of Jesus because Jesus has the authority over the thing that is currently controlling you. So you don't speak it just because it sounds good. You don't speak it just because I tell you to or if that's what your faith tells you to, to. You got to assign Jesus to the things that he has authority over because that's the thing that has authority over you. The text starts, Paul is saying, he says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, put to death the Greek word that translates put to death, one of them is defined by, says to deprive of power. To deprive of power. And so clearly, Paul is not telling you or me to put ourselves to death because that wouldn't make sense. But what he is calling for, what he's calling for is is He's encouraging the believer not to let our desires that will lead to eternal death have power over our bodies any longer. See, there's a thing that if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you don't realize how this thing piles up. How many of you play with Legos? You can tell the truth. I know some grown men in here got Lego sets that you punish your kids for, that you don't want them to touch the Lego sets. But Legos, see, I was a kid... I could never make what the picture said, mainly because I never had full sets of Legos. That's one of the problems. But I was always the one making stuff, and I would have to show somebody, and then they would say, oh, that's nice. And then that sweet grandma voice, my grandma would say, well, what is it? Because what I was building, the, the pieces weren't going together like they, were, well, like they were supposed to. And we don't always understand when we are, when we are, when we are down, the, the things we give power to, they build upon each other. And if you're not careful and you don't understand how they build and how when you give power to something, how, how it evolves into other things, how it builds and becomes a bigger mess than what you ever thought of. Have you ever got yourself in a bind and then you realize that if I would not have never done this, if I would have never started here, I would have never, ever, ever gotten there. But the reality of it is, is this is what happens when, when we're de- dealing with things that are not of God. So these things that have power over us, these are the things that Paul is trying to tell us we need to deprive of its power. Because if you're not careful, that will be the thing that leads to your eternal death. Why do you speak the name of Jesus? Because Jesus is the opposite of eternal death. So when something comes up, you got to learn to speak the name of Jesus to snatch the power from something that is sucking the life out of you. Here we are. He says, deprive the power from these things, sexual immortality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetedness. Each of these desires in the text is explained and it leads to the other. How? I'll give you an example. Sexual immortality leads to impure love. Impure love leads to out-of-control passions. Passions can lead to more evil desires. Covetedness is you want more of what's not yours. And that can lead to a desire of idolatry, putting things before God. When you put things before God, that begets greed, which is an unsatisfied appetite to please the flesh. I was doing a journey study with somebody today, last week, and we had a laugh over this thought. When people do silly stuff, dumb stuff, they get caught in it. And you say, how did that happen? They say, well, one thing led to another. Yeah, it did. Because that's how sin works. That's how impurity works. That's how the things, that's the way the enemy attacks you. One thing will lead to another, I used to think it was crazy when my dad would lecture me and he would tell me things like uh, he would he would he want to keep me on the phone and he would say and I don't know I, I didn't I don't know i didn't walked out the little penny we used to go to the store and get get penny candy I don't remember what that is but uh, I used to sneak out of church when my mama was in the choir stands and I thought she didn't see me and I would leave church don't y'all dare leave church. And I would leave church, and, and, and me and a couple of my friends, we would, we would run off, and we would go to the corner store. And we would go to the corner store, and we would have our little couple of nickels, and they would give us a little brown paper bag, and they had penny candy, Tootsie Rolls, and all this kind of stuff. And we would come in there, and our mouths would be full of candy, and we'd come back and sit down, and all the kids that went, we would sit in the back row, and all of our moms would sit in the choir stands with them laser eyes. <laughs> and we'd sit there with all that candy in our mouth like, them. And then after after church service was over, there was many mama-to-son meetings that kind of went like this through the teeth. Y'all ever had a through-the-teeth conversation? Because the the through-the-teeth conversation lets you keep the smile on, the teeth clenched, so don't nobody else know what's being said, but everybody else know what's being said. Amen. And I remember, I remember, I remember... My mom would tell my dad these, these things that I, would did, that I did, and I'm looking at it like it's not a big deal, and my dad would want to lecture me, and I'm talking about for hours. And he would want me to know how my deception of going to get penny candy would lead to a lifelong prison sentence. And I used to think the man was crazy. But what he was trying to tell me is if you're not careful, you won't realize how one thing will lead to another thing. And as long as you begin to make excuses for the one thing, as long as you make it okay for the one thing, as long as you learn to cope with the one thing, what you're not realizing is that the one thing will lead to another thing. And that other thing will lead to another thing. And before you know it, you're in too deep to get yourself out of it. And here you are with a vice, something you can't get rid of, something that you cannot shake, something that you cannot, you you, you, you just can't seem to take it off. That is why Paul says, put those desires to death and deny them of their strength. Because if you learn to be selfish about sharing your toys as a toddler, and you began to be selfish, and selfish is just who you are your whole life, good luck sharing your life when you get married. I know, I know I'm sounding like my daddy. But you need to understand, because you'll create habits that are just part of who you are. And then as you grow and you go, you won't understand, how did I get here? How did I end up here? And it's because we have allowed things of our flesh to dictate what our character is going forward. See, I I began to think, God, wait a minute. What are my vices and where did they originate? What are my real vices? Because the world will have you thinking like, oh, well, what is your vice? Because it got to be something... It got, I don't know, it got to be something big and deep and blasphemous. Because that's the trick. That's the trick. Because if it ain't outrageous, if it, don't, if it don't enrage nobody, it's okay. The devil is a lie. So you better catch your thoughts. The only time we get mad about something is if, if and it's crazy because you listen to certain things, you see certain uh, television programs or newspapers or news articles, whatever. So somebody can let you know that you're supposed to be mad about it, they, they, they make sure to infuse it with words like rage, chaos. Because they're trying to help you understand how you're supposed to feel about it. And here you are running around. And as long as you're not doing nothing that outrages anybody. I beg to differ. Paul is saying there are some things that are part of your human that part of who you are, that are part of your emotional makeup or the way that you process things. There are some things that if you're not careful, one thing will lead to another. Remember, a vice would not be a, a stronghold if it was so easy to let go of. See, it's interesting because in verse five, we see these outward actions. But there are things that are directed at people. How can you be selfish unless, of course, you are keeping away, taking away, and not sharing with somebody else? Tell me a situation of sexual immortality that somebody else did not get hurt or was not damaged. Tell me a situation of covetedness when you want more of something that doesn't belong to you that somebody else is not hurt from. See, when it comes to matter of character, when it comes to matter of our flesh, when it comes to the way that we we do things, the problem is with us, but it is experienced by others. But when a vice is met with virtue, it has to start from the inside to be seen on the outside. In other words, as you try to combat a life of sin. It's not just about how we act, but it's about how we treat people. And evil, evil desires always lead to destruction. Evil desires always lead to destruction. Evil desires, always, somebody say always all like Now I know. I know you don't see yourself. It's Godzilla. I know you don't see yourself as a big, bad monster that's stumping on houses, setting fire to villages. But can I contest to you today that you need to understand if we don't learn to put death, put to death, the desires of our flesh, whatever they may be for you. If we don't learn to put those things to death, this is the way we move through our households. This is the way we move through our communities. This is the way we move through the church. This is the way we move through our marriages. This is the way we move through our relationships with our children. This is the way we move in the faith community. This is Is the way kicking down stuff, breaking up things, setting ablaze to things. If you don't put to death the desires of the flesh, I know, I get it. You like my skin is way too clear to be Godzilla. My feet are not that big, my roar is not that loud. Can I tell you today? that to the one who is looking for Jesus and runs into you, that if you're not careful, you will set a blaze to everything in their world because they don't know all of these things that we've come up with. All they know is that's the church. And the church is supposed to do a certain thing, say a certain thing, live a certain way, behave a certain way, and be consistent in what they say they believe. So if you're not careful as the world goes to look for you and what they see is something contrary and our flesh is not intact, our flesh is not in check, what do we do to the name of Jesus other than tear it down? So we got to be real clear. See, the vice that Peter, Peter, Paul, excuse me, is talking about, Devices, you have to understand that day in and day out, we are fighting against the desires of our flesh. All day, every day. It don't have to be the, the, the real extreme, the real thing of pornography. It don't have to be that. Maybe it's just an attitude that does not look for hope. And even though you're supposed to be focused on the hope of Jesus, you're walking around Debbie Downer. In David disaster. David, not you. Not you. That was just the first D name that came into me. My... Do you understand what I'm telling you? I know it can seem harsh in words alone when we're talking about overcoming the vices that that you have to just you have to you have to kill the vice with virtue. The reason you speak the name of Jesus is because Jesus is the one who we can give the things that, that, that have tried to control us to him because we are set free by his stripes. We are set free because of his blood. We are set free because of his sacrifice. So if the vice is the lock, Jesus is the key. You have to understand, you speak the name of Jesus Because that is where the power is over the thing that tries to have power over you. To truly experience a life with the Father, something must end. Something, you got to put an end to something. Today I'm asking you, what is the thing? Because most of our vices we don't wear outwardly. If it's a good vice, it's quiet on the inside. If it's a good vice, you keep it secret. If it's a vice with a real hold on you, you're in denial about it. So I ask you today, what is your vice? What is that thing? Because if you want to truly experience God in his fullness, then something must die. See, the gospel of Jesus is what makes a life of virtue possible. Did you know that? If you didn't know, I just want to, to tell you. The life of virtuous life, the life of virtue, is made possible because of Jesus. Any other attempt, expect failure. Because it's only going to take you so far. Your willpower, it'll take you to some places. Your patience will take you to some places. Oh, your intellect. Ooh, and y'all smart too. Will take you to some places. Grandma and grandpa's wisdom will take you to some places. The word of the pastor will take you to some places. But to really get in there, it comes by way of Jesus. Jesus. The only man who was born of a virgin. He was loved by some, hated by many. He healed the sick. He gave sight to the blind. He raised the dead. Then the sick and those that hated him had him murdered. They hung him up, they buried him. But three days later, he rose and he ascended into heaven. (laughs) He ascended into heaven. Where there is a place being prepared for anyone who believes in him. That's what we're talking about. See, see a stronghold is not trying to keep you in the present. The stronghold is trying to prevent you from eternal life with the Father. See, we think it's about this moment right here and right now. We think it's about how we're gonna make it through this thing right here and right now. Where the Lord was really hitting home, look, you better speak the name of Jesus because until you learn that everything and that everything needs to have Jesus in control of it, until until you are so sold out that the answer to every question is what what did Jesus do? How did he respond? What does Jesus want? to follow Jesus in those moments because at every single moment that we have breath, you and I today in this brand new day, we ought to have eternal life on our mind. Your strongholds could care less about your today. The enemy don't care nothing about your tomorrow. The enemy don't want your afterlife. He wants to prevent you from eternally being with God. It might be hard for you to wrap your mind around, but you better understand why you speak the name of Jesus. Because you got to meet your vices with virtue. See, the goal, the goal isn't to become an ethical person. But it's to follow Jesus. And by doing so, we will live a virtuous life. You see the difference there? The goal is not to just be ethical. The goal is not to be moral and just check off the morality checklist. The goal is not for other people to see you and say, man, that's, man, that was a good man. By whose standards? That was a great woman. By whose standards? See, vices that are unmatched with virtue, they will crush everything in their path. So I can test to you today before we take Holy Communion to understand what's at stake. If we don't give in, if we don't put to death, if we don't learn to put these things to death, our eternal future is at risk. Our soul is at risk. And I don't know about you. I don't know about you, man. that gives me a different purpose. It gives me a different level of encouragement. It gives me a different, like, perspective. You talk about not sweating the small stuff, man. You talk about how we're going to... I just want to speak the name of Jesus. And I want others to understand the power that is in that. That's what Paul is saying. I'm going to ask you to stand at this time. And I'm going to invite you to the tables to grab your Holy Communion. You can come at this time. If it's anybody in your role that uh, cannot come, grab an extra one. So I'm going to ask you what desires do you have? that you know you need to put to death? What desires do you have that you know that you need to put to death? And I'm gonna encourage you, I'm gonna challenge you not to, not to pick the easy stuff. I'm talking about the things that are in there that nobody knows. They might not even know you struggle with it. But there are matters of our heart. There are matters of our flesh. That if the Lord does not help us put it to death, that stronghold will keep holding on. We will keep being bound. We will stay in bondage. we take I'd like you to just close your eyes and pray with me all God, all powerful and all knowing God the God who brings the beginning and is without end you are the source and you are the sustainer you are the rewarder of all virtues I pray God that you grant us the firm foundation of faith that we never forget the hope that is de- that is Jesus. I pray, God, that before we take this communion, you arrest us in our minds of things, that you reveal to us the things that separate us from you. I pray, God, that if we need a restrained tongue, that you bring that to the forefront to help us to avoid frivolous talk, to help us to avoid rumors and ill will. If we have no self-control or feel pressure to go to places and do things that we've done before, I pray, God, that you prevent our feet from leading us astray. I pray, God, if it is our eyes that is the, the inlet to things that are not of you, that are not pleasing to you, I pray now in the name of Jesus that you prevent our wandering glances. If it's our ears that is the inlet to sparking the things of our flesh, we pray now in the name of Jesus that you put a shield around and shelter our hearing. We pray, God, that you restore our minds to thoughts of heaven. Help us to put to rest our flesh. Help us to put to death a consciousness that turns away from you, that we learn to just honor and praise you because you are worthy. In the name of Jesus, we pray that you advance us in goodness and in life and in good works. Father, I stand before you praying in intercessory for all that you plant deep inside of them the virtue of Christ Jesus, and you awaken the spirit that is in them. That we may devote our time and our energy to divine matters, to discerning the things that, that humans say is important, to, to, to reprioritize the things that are most important to you. That we become burdened with pleasing you instead of fulfilling our own needs as we stand before you with holy communion, before we take of this cup, let us not lose sight to what your son, Jesus Christ, did for us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you open and take out your wafer, this represents the body which was broken for you and i it is the very thing that gives us virtue over our vices take and eat and do so in remembrance of what he did for us And on the same day at the same table he took the wine and he reminded the disciples that every single time they took of this holy sacrament to remember what he had done for them. See we can defeat our vices because of this very thing the body and the blood of Jesus Christ that he gave for you and I take and drink and that is why we speak the name of Jesus because his name is power his name is virtue his name is life I just want to speak the name of Jesus to God be the glory. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this week's message. We pray it moves you forward in your relationship with Jesus. If you are looking for a church home or in the area and want to visit, we are located at 1451 Black Road in Joliet, Illinois. You can also find and follow us by searching The Table Joliet online. We'd love to meet you and walk your faith journey with you. Thank you again, and we look forward to seeing you soon.